Hi, I'm Big McCruma. And I'm Audio Nerd 64. And we are your game of friends. You know that uh, musical interlude, which is on the break that we're just getting off of, Mr. I'm sick. You know what? It's not my fault that I feel better, and I want to sing about it. Hmm. Today we're logging on with more Stadia news, several game delays, uh. Mixer's takeover, Modern Warfare's launch, Fortnite's 2.0 launch, Sims 4 Discover University, WWE 2K20 launch, and the launch of The Outer Worlds. And Fallout. I guess we're going to have to bleep that out. We are. In these past two weeks in Nerddom, we're getting into Raising Dion. Watchmen, Batman, Joker, oh, separately, Wild, Deadpool, Cloak and Dagger, The Rise of Skywalker, and Marvel. Just generally as we usually do, but litigation. Ooh. Finally, on the home screen, we have been playing a lot of games. We have. The Outer Worlds, Secret Neighbor, Destiny 2, Apex Legends, and several Apple arcade games, including Assemble, Senora, Skate City, Hot Lava, Tawaga Among Shadows, Neocab, Overland, and Patterned. All right, let's log on. First up, let's get a heavy hitter out of the way. Uh, we're late. I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you might still be able to hear it in my voice, uh, although I am feeling better. Um, some Blizzard stuff happened, some more Blizzard stuff happened, and BlizzCon is literally this weekend. And so in our next episode, which will be next week, we'll talk about it then. Okay. Just want to get that Are out Are people of mad? Are people going to be like protesting at BlizzCon? I would assume so. Power to the gamers. Mm. Um, <laughs> so Stadia is in the news oh. for some dumb shit. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, I don't quite know how to explain this. So there is a concept in video gaming in general Mm -hmm. called latency. Right. If you are not familiar with latency, it's probably because you do not play hyper competitive games where latency really matters. Latency is the measurement of the input lag between your controller or your keyboard, et cetera, and what you're seeing on the screen. Also, it's the measurement of that interaction's time for the other person that you're playing with as well. So when someone's lagging in a game, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's because of increased latency, uh, largely due to network connection, but you can also have controller input lag, uh, et cetera. So it's the same concept. You might have just referred to it as lagging. Um, So it's kind of like the difference between like light and sound where like you see the thunder before you, or you see the lightning before you hear it. Sure. Might be a good way to think about it. So in a perfect world, you, the gamer are calling for thunder and the other people that you're playing with see the lightning right away, like with no delay. That would be the perfect world. So Google is saying hey, part of what Stadia is going to do in the future is potentially predict your input so that we can reduce latency via technology, a.k.a. we're just going to play these fucking games for you. (laughs) They're calling it negative latency? 
And it just, I've made this joke, I think somewhere at some point, but it really does scream giving your little cousin a broken controller and so they can act like they're playing energy. And I am confused. Who, Who is asking for this? Why do we, why do I need Google to predict things for me? They're already giving me ads that I don't want. No one who is concerned about latency is going to be willing to give a machine control over their input. And no one who plays competitively would want their opponent to be assisted by technology. It doesn't make any sense. What makes sense is creating better hardware that reduces lag time physically within the confines of our physical reality, mm-hmm. not introducing an AI to essentially uh, decide for you that you should block right now or kick right now. It's very confusing. As, of course, with what Google does is they just drop a little something that doesn't make any sense. So, Cydia. Wow, that was quite the parallel. Hmm. I just (laughs) don't think this idea makes any sense. Um, Fair. This is connected because one of the, uh, one of the points that you have talked about as Mm -hmm. being, um, potentially a a boon for Stadia is the potential impact that this is going to have on streaming. Right. Um, We have some big streaming news as well. Namely Um. that first it was Ninja. And now we have Shroud, who is arguably one of the biggest personalities in esports slash gaming slash streaming period, like across genres. Really? But he's just playing a lot of Apex right now, right? I mean, he loves the Battle Royale genre, but he plays everything. Oh, I didn't know that. He plays World of Warcraft. He plays Modern Warfare. He plays Battle Royales. He plays... That's pretty nice. A lot of RPGs, like get paid he does a ton of stuff. Millions of dollars to play games all day. I mean, you have to be you have to be good at the games to get the money, but still, um, mm. the money. Speaking of, is rumored to be in the at least tens, perhaps hundreds of millions. Oh, that Microsoft is spending on getting these high profile people to switch to Mixer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what the long-term viability of these moves are, but if I was Shroud and someone said, I'm going to give you, let's say, $75 million to stop streaming on Switch and to start streaming on Mixer, I would 100% take it, fulfill whatever obligation they needed of me, and then guess what? I get to retire. I, fuck, I would be like, I would move over for like, I don't know. A thousand bucks. Like, damn. <laughs> Here's Let the thing. <laughs> they already are earning millions of dollars. So for yeah. them, retirement is, you know, when they want to. I mean, the fucking, how much money they make off of streams on YouTube from the, you know. Just repackaging their streaming content on YouTube alone. and monetizing it is thousands of dollars every week, I'm sure. If just that. I just, Mixer is really coming for some necks. They also got King Gathalion to switch over. Um, I don't know if he has like the same kind of deal, 
that Shroud and Ninja do, he's certainly not as popular. Mm-hmm. He made his name actually streaming Destiny. That's how I know him. Um, right. And I'd probably say that I've watched more King Gathalion than most of these other major streamers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because, as we all know, I'm addicted to Destiny. Um, he kind of started playing Sea of Thieves when Destiny 2 shit the bed in the first year and a half. Right. I remember that he had a whole getup. I was yes. very turned off. It was, I was confused. It was a lot. Um, he rebranded. Like, Destiny was kind of part of his brand. And now it's it's not. Anyway, um, he moved over to, and it does look like, I don't know, maybe the tide is turning against Twitch here. I don't know. It was very interesting because it's like also three white dudes who are like young. Yeah, they're all white guys. And they're all young in terms of the world, but when I think of like streamers, I don't I don't think of 30 year olds. I mean, I just I just make that point to say that it like it's like moves that don't really change anything in the larger scheme of streaming. You know, like Mixer could have been the place that's like, oh, let's get some women in this mix, pun intended. Or like, you know, people of color. Yeah. I don't know what the goal is mm. other than to take ad revenue away from Amazon. <laughs> like legit, I don't, you know, other than ad revenue, I don't know what you get out of being the home of whatever. Most tournaments are not, you know, Twitch run. It's right. not like the money in esports is endemic to Twitch. It's right. not. Yeah. I think this has more to do with Microsoft's goal of controlling entertainment. Mm. Like they just want to be the go-to people. If you're playing your games on a PC, you're using their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, fuck. I keep forgetting that. Right. And so for the most part, they already have a lot of the market lockdown. So why not try to get people to only interface with their services? Mm-hmm. I get it. But does that also mean that like to access Mixer, we're only going to be able to use Internet Explorer? I don't think so. <laughs> Lord knows I hope not. Well, Ooh. there's no way. I mean, that's kind of the same fundamental question, though. Like, why do they care so much where people are streaming this stuff? Mm -hmm. I guess there must be money in it somewhere that I don't understand, and that's fine. I guess we won't. I guess we'll never know. What we will know is that Lady Gaga doesn't know who the fuck Ninja is, and I love it. Uh, That was very funny. I'm just going to link to the very corny tweet that he tweeted at her, and I just want y'all to just... Don't link it. No. Don't link it? No. I don't want to direct traffic to Ninja. Fuck him. What if I link the reply from Lady Gaga's hand? No. Wow. People people can Google it. Wow. I mean, either way. All right, fine. Um, Well, uh, several games have been delayed after being very recently announced. (laughs) Literally, like, last month? Sucks. Watch Dogs Legion, which, you know... Fuck fascism, the game, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six, Quarantine, all delayed from Ubisoft. Doom Eternal, The Last of Us 2, and Ghost of Tsushima are also on that list all around the same time. It's kind of wild. They're not only all supposed to have been released at the same time, and now they're all kind of getting released around the same time again. It's a little weird. The Ubisoft ones are delayed without time and, and dates on them. Oh, so they just delayed, delayed. Like, they just said next get these. fiscal year. <laughs> which is... <laughs> which is spring of next year. 
which isn't much past the release window uh, that they initially said, uh, all the way to winter of 2021. So it's like, why even bother having E3 at this point if no one can keep to the ridiculous standards that they set for themselves? Uh, sure. I mean, just drop your cinematic trailer and give us a general date. Fuck. I don't disagree with that, but this was the first time at E3 for most of those games. So I don't think it's actually that weird. Like, the so- the Sony ones weren't even at E3 this year, in large part, I think, because Sony didn't want to commit to dates. Um, Watch Dogs was speculated but not confirmed before E3. And then Gods um. and Monsters is a totally new IP. Rainbow Six Quarantine is... I guess not a new IP, but a new game within that IP. So again, not not to like stake out an, an opinion on these. My opinion is that games getting delayed is good and that devs having more time to work and not being crunched is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. I don't know, though, what the real motivation is. Like Ubisoft's motivation could be, oh, shit. The Division 2 didn't do as well as we wanted it to do, which is really sad, and that news was confirmed uh, since our last episode as well. Uh, they also have confirmed that Breakpoint bombed, so Ghost Recon is just a dumpster fire. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, That's so is, is it like, oh, we're delaying these because our two other AAA titles for the year didn't do the way we wanted them to do, and so we're going to give our teams more time? Mm-hmm. Or is it, oh shit, Cyberpunk announced a date after we did, and it's around <laughs> the same time, and our games are going to die. So yeah. we want Cyberpunk to go first. Maybe. I don't know. Like, that could be the motivation for all of these. Doom Eternal, I have no idea. Like, that's a pretty substantial delay because it was supposed to come out this year. I feel like people have been waiting for forever for that game, though. Like, this one I'm not surprised about. It's like the Dr. Dre of video games right now. Anyway, I don't even think it makes sense to, like, put a date on the new ones. Like, there are some March dates that were assigned to a few of these. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it matters because if they're going to get delayed once, they might as well just get delayed again. And, (laughs) you know... We'll we'll talk about it when it's set in stone and the release date is not, you know, months away. Or when they just come out. Sure. I guess. Um, but yeah, if you were interested in any of those, you're gonna have to wait a little longer. Sorry. Life stinks. Uh but you'll have Cyberpunk to, I guess, uh hold you over. I don't know. I just, Breaking news. Cyberpunk has been. Delayed. I know, right? Could you imagine? I just feel like <laughs> Cyberpunk is not I'm probably going to eat this, but I just feel like Cyberpunk has been rubbing people the wrong way. I just feel like people were really pissed about all the controversy surrounding the game. And then they like managed to piss different people off with the response. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. We'll see. I just I don't know. I just. I just don't know if it's going to do that well now. They really dug themselves into a hole. I do think you're going to eat that. I think it's going to be the Grand Theft Auto of its wow. of its year. Um, what I'm more upset about is that Ghost of Tsushima is like apparently a victim of the Last of Us delay. Like it's not coming from the dev team. It's coming from Sony just not wanting 
those two releases to be too close together. And so by delaying Last of Us, they have to delay Ghost of Tsushima, which I guess had an internal date that we didn't know about, Mm. which is now, you know, maybe fall, I guess. Well, Sony takes their, their exclusives very seriously. So I'm not surprised that they have like a, this comes out when we say it does. Yeah. Um, speaking of things coming out, we've got three uh, major launches since our last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Modern Warfare. Uh, apparently, it's a big pile of shit. <laughs> As we all know, I don't really give a hoot about any of the Call of Duty games, much less Modern Warfare. This is one with all the like white phosphorus drama, right? Yep. Damn, that sucks. It opens with a suicide bomb. It's like, we're going to do this and you're going to take us seriously. Mm. And then they completely distort all of the history in the Middle East. Like, Okay, so this was the one where they were like basing the game off of real events and just put the blame on different... Like they blamed Russia for like something America totally did. Yeah. Killed a whole bunch of people. Like, oh, it was Russia's fault. Right. In the game, it's Russia's fault. In real life, it was something that America did. So, if this is is the game being sold in Russia? Ooh, that's a good question. I would assume so. I don't like why not. I think that's that's bold. They really just don't be giving a fuck, huh? I mean, how many quote unquote modern warfare and not like Call of Duty modern warfare, but we're gonna do a a action game placed in the modern day, like battlefield, like whatever you want to say. They all do this. They all just like make complete boogeymen out of anyone that's not America and absolve America of all the shitty things that it does abroad. And you're supposed to wrap yourself in an American flag, shoot your gun and shout hoorah. Hoorah. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, color me not surprised uh, as per usual, but uh, consolation prize, no one likes the game, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are people having fun with it, and if you are a Call of Duty fan, then I hope you enjoy it. I guess. I feel like it doesn't is, seem like the reviews are great. No, this is the one, I can't say if you like it, we love it, because I don't love yeah, what they're doing. It's, it's a little so, complicated. Little, yeah. um, either way, I would definitely encourage you to check out some, uh, maybe YouTube reviews, not like uh, traditional media reviews, but the folks who love the game, love the franchise, are not hot on it. So um, it's a little rough. Same for WWE. Uh, 2K20 just came out, and uh, it is also a big steaming pile of shit. Some people have essentially said that it is broken. Uh, there are so many glitches, so many issues with it. It is such a downgrade from even the past iterations, which were not well beloved for their, you know, technical um, quality. Uh, it's it's getting to the point where I want to know whether or not people who put out games like Call of Duty, games like NBA 2K, WWE 2K. Is it sustainable to continue doing this year after year if your product is getting worse and worse? Yeah, I think launch is, or come out, is a very um, generous term to describe what happened with WWE 2K20. It, did you see any of the user videos? No. Oh, can I show you one of the user videos? Sure. Oh, oh, oh this is, this is, this is going to be good, guys. 
right. And for the record, the whole WWE community is already kind of pissed off. Uh, I guess there's some shenanigans going on with what's happening in the ring and stuff like that, IRL. Um, So people are just already not thrilled (laughs) with WWE. Uh, This is just not good news. All right, so I want you to play this video. It's from Twitter user JohnnyGaming9. Very, uh, very specific, very good name. Really uh, nails it down. I want you to also to just describe what you're seeing in the video as it plays, as best you can. Oh, so, oh, oh, okay, okay, I have to pause it, I have to, okay, I have to pause it, so there's four people in the ring, uh-huh. three people look to be fighting, one person looks to be the referee, shortly after the video started, one person who was kind of like in the ropes, in the became ropes. entangled in the ropes, mm-hmm. and then just started flailing about, um, and then everyone else kind of sunk into the floor. Yes. Like, and then started bobbing up and down violently. Mm-hmm. They all look a little bit like ragdolls. That's a good, but like ragdolls on cocaine. It's not a slow jerking. It's very, oh, no, it's very rapid. Well. Yeah, there would be a lot of, I think, physical um, damage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to their bodies emotional damage for anyone seeing this live. <laughs> yes. That's true. Are these women? Yeah, they're all women. Oh. See, I couldn't tell. Because they were... Oh, someone just got body slammed um, into the ether. hmm Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to pause it again. Okay. They, much like the video where that person jumps into a puddle and then disappears... Mm-hmm. This person was body slammed into the ground, just disappeared through the ground like it was a black hole, and then came out the other side of the ring. Oh, teleportation. The wow. Yeah, they really got thrown there. That's amazing. I wonder what that move is called. I think it's possible that the ropes are. Um, they're constantly moving. They're like. Mm, they're detaching almost. Spaghetti? Just. Those look. Like violent spaghetti. Violent spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) They're walking now, and um, And who knows what you're liable to see. That doesn't look like any walking that I would feel comfortable doing. I think I'd be in a lot of physical pain if I moved like that. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's wild. Thank you so much, Johnny Gaming Nine, for sharing that with us. And if that's in any way emblematic of what the regular course of gameplay is like, mm-hmm. then it's simply unplayable. I would argue it's not even a game. <laughs> That's an art piece. You bought art. <laughs> oh, uh, condolences man. to the WWE community and <laughs> yeah, this is a difficult time. <laughs> maybe 2K21 will will fix a few things. Um Whew. finally Fortnite 2.0 launched in a very dramatic way super dramatic it actually speaks to the dominance that fortnite has over the genre and the video gaming community yeah because what no they one was did shut up about it was that they shut down the servers 
<laughs> they framed the 2.0 as like, oh, mm. the black hole has arrived and there's going to be a new world, blah, blah, blah. But when you fell into the black hole, you just couldn't play Fortnite anymore. <laughs> so you log in <laughs> to the game ah. and it plays like the cinematic and that's it. You just get to look at a blank screen because you're not going to be able to play this game. If I logged into Destiny and they were like, we're going to be real cute and announce this new content by just not allowing you to play. I would be pissed off. That's like Beyonce shutting down, we'll say title because she doesn't fuck with Apple Music, shutting down all of title. You couldn't listen to anything on title until her album dropped. That's that's what that is. That's, that's a move that they essentially pulled. I did see that in theory it could have been just the the maintenance window to get everything upgraded. Um, and they disguised it as not a maintenance window. Like, you know, before a new expansion comes out for any other game, you basically can't play for a while. They take servers offline and mm-hmm. they do maintenance. But they tell you that. They're like proactively, hey, we're going to go offline. Don't be mad. Don't tweet at us. Don't tweet at support. They're yeah. not going to answer because we're going to be offline. They did this as a viral marketing thing, basically. They gave no warning. It just shut down the game. They were like, you motherfuckers are going to be back here when it comes up anyway, so fuck. And people weren't. (laughs) Apparently, the new map is a lot of fun. If you like Fortnite, I bet you're having a great time with it. You weren't having a great time that one night, though. I, I just, feel bad for people who are like, this is my one day off I know, right? this week. I just feel like they're probably... Can't get, wait to take a big sip of coffee, sit down, turn on my favorite game. I'm sure a lot of kids cried over this one. Oh, undoubtedly. That's evil. I hope that there's a YouTube compilation of it. I'm going to search for it, and if there is one, I'm going to link it in the show notes. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, congratulations to Epic and Fortnite. Um, on a successful launch of 2.0 and uh, wish you all the best. Finally, uh, in news that I care about, The Sims 4 has officially confirmed Discover University Mm -hmm. is coming December 17th. Oh, God. I will be taking approximately one month off of work. He's going to get real sick. (laughs) Oh, I don't actually want to get sick because being sick is awful. Yeah, you keep making that joke and you got sick. And then here I am hoping to God that I don't catch whatever fuckery is going on over there in your immune system. Yeah, sorry. Um, Yeah, December 17th. (laughs) uh, You know, looking pretty free on my calendar right now. Uh, (laughs) Because it's over a month away. Of course, it's looking free. I'm very booked and busy. Ugh. Cedric. Okay. He has Um, a full-time job. Read R-E. He has a full-time job. Anyway. I can't wait. I haven't played <laughs> The Sims in so long. Yeah. It looks like exactly what I want. Multiple schools with clubs and uh, deviants and <laughs> ping pong, <laughs> pool, table. College things, some might say. I was trying to avoid saying beer pong. Why? Well, in The Sims, they don't ever refer to alcohol usage. It's juice. <laughs> Why? Oh my god! Yeah, there's really? no, there's no wine, there's no beer, there's no alcohol. It's just juice, right? But you can like, <laughs> there are definitely. I mean, it's definitely alcohol. I mean, yeah, but I just find the innuendo crazy when they, funny. Yeah, it's like why? 
it's not going to bring the rating up. If Just like no one, is, uh, no one is having sex. You're right. They're woohooing. Exactly. Well, anyway, anyway. I will uh, be very eager <laughs> to update you all on what's going in the world of Sims. Uh, I'm so happy that this has been confirmed. I've already started watching Sims videos, trying to find a new house, mm-hmm. trying to find a new what Like, it's going to be a, a whole thing. I'm so excited. <sighs> the kids are finally going to go to college. I'm sorry that you and the children of Sims have to wait until December 17th. That sucks. But there is something that you can do right now. What's that? Fallout first. What's Fuck I guess? <laughs> I don't, I guess, is the rule is we just can't talk about Fallout. So I have to bleep about Fallout. But am I allowed to talk about Fallout first? I think you have to bleep Fallout. But what about games like Fallout 2 that were really good? Unfortunately, we can't talk about them anymore. <gasps> this is a, I don't like this rule. I don't, we'll have to get away around this somehow. I'm so sorry. I didn't do it. I, I think when I wanted to bleep out Fallout I meant Fallout is like a, an, an entity. I think I'm allowed to say Fallout first on this podcast. Anyway, Bethesda dropped some shit for y'all. And who does it stink? Fallout first <laughs> is a subscription service that is within Fallout that allows you, the player, the one player who's still playing Fallout to just create personal servers which apparently has been something that they've been asking for for a very long time. Uh, and you get special gear. You can have a million things in your stash box or whatever. It's not really a lot. It was kind of a surprise. Uh, at a whopping, Why are you surprised? Well, at the low, 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 low price of $99.99 per year, you can get all of these features. Or $12.99 a month, which is $3 more than mm-hmm. Xbox Game Pass. Wow, when you frame it that... I didn't even, like, frame it... Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. It's and also, fucked up. It's fucked up because it's fucked up. Also, the whole system is fucked up. Like, people were, like, trying to create servers, and as long as you were a friend of someone in a server, you didn't have to be invited into the server, but they could just show up in your server and take your shit. It was wild. They just fucked up. They're Basically, up. everyone who bought the Fallout first thing is not even getting what they paid for, first of all. Second of all, there was apparently DLC where they were supposed to introduce NPCs and stuff like that. That got delayed. So they delayed major content that is free for everyone and then managed to still announce paid content for I don't even know who. And now <laughs> it's caused class warfare. I have seen that. So please explain because I... I don't understand like how people realize that you're a Fallout First member. If you buy Fallout First, you are a fool and they give you a fool's badge. So (laughs) when you're playing Fallout, there's like some kind of icon or badge or something that distinguishes you, um, aka puts a bullseye on your back because now everyone who is pissed off at Bethesda, but who still love Fallout and play Fallout. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a very interesting Venn diagram I think (laughs) those people are essentially engaging in targeted bullying slash harassment which Mm. I do find to be strong words considering the game allows for it so it's not like you're breaking the game yeah they're griefing they're griefing that's a better yeah the fallout first people basically in like a class 
conscious way almost. Is it though? I mean, they're they're explicitly saying you're foolish for buying this. You clearly have too much disposable income to even be able to purchase this. Um and you're not getting anything for it. And so not only so not only are you going to be punished by Bethesda Softworks and by mm-hmm. the game itself, we, your fellow players, are not going to cooperate with you. And we are, in fact, going to make playing on the server very difficult for you. So your only option is now to play privately by yourself. So essentially, it's created a caste system <laughs> where the Fallout first people can... Go into their own server instances and avoid all of this, but that means that they never get to interact with the larger world, which is part of what Fallout 6 is. Like at that point, just go play Fallout 4 again. Yeah. So, what a mess. I don't quite understand what uh, is going to end up happening with this. Bethesda, um, you know, has a good track record of trying to respond to a lot of these things, but <laughs> like the initial controversy, it's just going to be a clusterfuck. And I'm so excited to watch, especially since the outer worlds is Killing doing it. this way better than Bethesda's doing it. Yeah. And we'll talk about that more in the home screen, but I don't see any point in continuing to play Fallout and paying for it. I, I it it's inconceivable to me, and frankly, I think those people deserve to be griefed. Fair. I mean, I I just love the drama. I'm here for drama. I'm here for mess. Did you see that they didn't even um that Bethesda didn't even get the domain for Fallout first? I did. So someone took it upon themselves to secure that domain and make a Fallout first parody page. Like it's. If it hasn't been lawyered yet, I will happily link it in the show notes. I hope I hope it's still up. I mean, considering this is Bethesda we're talking about, it's probably still up and running. So, <laughs> and probably working better than their own site. So, fair enough. This is so what a fall, what a fall out hmm. from grace. Hmm. Ah! <laughs> Damn. So the Outer Worlds launched as well. Um. I've played it. You've played it. We're going to talk about it in the home screen. So we'll just kind of keep it to the generic uh, right now. But glowing reviews, universal praise, spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. I never played it, but I feel it. You know? Basically, what people are saying is that this game is where the Fallout franchise should have gone (laughs) before Bethesda took it over. Well, you know. Well, isn't this one, Tim was saying, it was was uh, made by some of the folks from the original Fallout. Right, before Bethesda took it over. The getting was good. Do you think they're laughing now? Undoubtedly. Good for them. I hope they had two bottles of champagne. All right, well, let's get off of the game train. That doesn't rhyme, does it? Oh, well. These past two weeks in nerddom, racism. I'm not, I'm kidding. <laughs> but Raising Dion came out and nobody fucking knew. This is one thing I hate about Netflix, because Netflix thinks that we're just on Netflix all the time. They don't advertise shit. But I'm not on Netflix all the time. And if I am on Netflix all the time, I'm watching the same shit. Right. So I'm, I'm not, binging something. I'm not exploring. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea this came out either. So Raising Dion is a TV show about a black superhero that uses lightning. As per usual. Based on a comic book. <laughs> Based on a comic book. Of the same name. Yes, yes. I think he does more than like. I don't know. I had to get the we joke out. We haven't seen out. it. 
And we haven't seen, seen it. it. We haven't seen it. Because um, I didn't know. We didn't know about it. We're heavy into our own rotation. It's on the list. We will get to it. We will be talking about it. Um, but if you haven't heard that a superhero TV show about a black family raising a superhero black child is out on Netflix, now you know, and you should absolutely go watch it. Yes. Dion is spelled D-I-O-N, by the way. I guess there are different ways to spell that, huh? That's correct. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also, in black superhero thangs, Regina King is killing it in Watchmen on HBO. Just recently premiered. I think we're two episodes in. How do you know she's killing it? Um, because people have said so, and there's a lot of people <laughs> um, arguing about race on Twitter because of it, which is, you know, whatever. I've heard very mixed things. I feel like comic people are like, this is trash, and then everyone else is like, I like this. It's Regina King. I don't know what to think because it's another thing that we haven't seen yet. You yes. have not finished reading Watchmen and want to yeah. do that before we do. Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch the movie, too. I feel like, I, which is sad, I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie. Yet. I've never seen Dr. Manhattan's dick. atomic dick uh-huh. juggling around. Um, uh, well, we should do that. <laughs> so sometime, what, next decade? Yeah, we'll be sure. Able to talk about like it when you're finally years, finished reading When I finally it? finished reading Watchmen. Huh. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm like, mm, a chapter, I think, in it's great. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's um, good. Well, yeah, that has come out, and you're correct. It's been two episodes now. Um, I will abstain from talking about it, even though I kind of know what's happening in it because I've been following the Twitter conversations, mm-hmm. just because I haven't seen it myself. So I just someone tweeted something about who's going to watch The Watchmen, and then made it who's going to cop the cop men, and I'm very tired. I already, I just had a feeling. That I'm going to watch this and be very exhausted by it. I just, I don't know if like race is going to come up in the comic. And I have a feeling it's not. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the TV show. Um, Unless it does happen in the comic, which we'll see. I don't, I wouldn't know. We'll see. So much mystery. We're so sorry. <laughs> so much mystery over something that came out before all of us were born. Shut up. Um, moving on into some casting stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Zoe Kravitz is going to become the Catwoman to Robert Pattinson's Batman. Deemed too edgy for a role that was given to Anne Hathaway in the <laughs> Nolan trilogy, which I got to say, Hathaway did kill it. But also, Zoe Kravitz probably would have killed it too. But now we get to see. It was too edgy, they said, right? Not like too urban or some other bullshit. I have no idea. I, I wasn't was even aware edgy. of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was in the running for that, for the role back then. But she was like, they were like, you're too black. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Well, I am happy to see a return to Black Catwoman. It is basically canon at this point in all but the comics, I think. Yeah. And it's like, sucks too, because she's like the only mainstream black character in the Batman universe. Like, there's others, of course. I can't remember their names, but that's because they're not mainstream. It's not my fault. Yeah, they're not very important. No. Costume um, would be cool, though. Definitely cosplay is one of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, I don't know that I'll be seeing it on a big screen. I have no interest in seeing the movie overall. But, but I am excited to see her performance whenever it comes on HBO and I watch it on my couch. Well, we'll I'll take you to Alamo. We'll go get Batman-themed 
I feel uh, like cocktails. you said that a lot about various DC properties and we never follow through with any of no, those. Because you never follow through. I'm always down. That's incorrect. Oh, <laughs> okay. I tried to get you to see Aquaman. That's a lie. You said absolutely not. The lie that took to going because I didn't want to see Aquaman. You said absolutely not to going to see what's the other one, the the Zachary Levi one. Uh oh, Shazam. You I don't said care. You were like no. Why can't? It, it, but it's my choice. You can't just be like, I want to see this DC one. It's like I'm I the don't DC person. Care I care about choose. Robert Pattinson. He's going to be awful. I don't think so. <laughs> that man has nothing to lose. The checks from Twilight have to be dwindling at this point. He's just here for the fun time. I think it's going to be great. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so let's move on to Marvel before we loop back to DC. Wow, it's just mid, you know, zigzagging. I love yeah. this, like, you know, going back and forth. It's great. Some rapid fire Marvel stuff. <laughs> so Deadpool is going to stay rated R. Thank Disney was like, God. Cool. Um, it would make no money. Like, I would not see that movie out of protest. I bet you Ryan Reynolds would be like, don't see this movie. At a protest if it's not rated R. So I'm happy for them making good decisions. Uh, Cloak and Dagger has been canceled. Yes. I never saw a single. There's just too much. It's too much. Too much. There's too much and it's not in the MCU. And so unfortunately, it's just not something that I uh, ever made time for. Mm-hmm. I think it leads us to question whether or not The Runaways is going to be canceled. Probably not far behind. I mean, they already ordered the new season. I bet they're filming it right now. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the final season. Fair. Um, but I don't have any interest in watching that either, especially if it's going to be canceled or presumably canceled. The rumor is that uh, Marvel just doesn't want anything that's not going to be on Disney+. Plus. Sucks. I mean, I'm not surprised because it's, you know, it's Disney. Wait, but that doesn't make any sense. They own, they own, don't they own a majority of Hulu? Yeah, but it's not their exclusive streaming platform. Ugh, whatever. I'm exhausted. Capitalism exhausts me. Also, I bet that the production values on Hulu are not going to be as high. Yeah, they are talking about all these Marvel uh, Disney Plus shows is like having basically movie budgets, like Game of Thrones budgets. Yeah. But at least they'll be run by people who know what the fuck they're doing. Exactly. That was another thing. I (sighs) I don't even know the guy's name, but apparently the Marvel TV guy is getting thrown out in large part because Kevin Feige is now in control of Literally everything that Marvel publishes. That's wild. That's a lot of power. That's a big bag. Who else has earned it, though? Sure. Fine. No, I'm mean, good for him. I'm excited about it. Yeah, Again, I, don't mean I trust yeah. Feige. Everything that he's done has been good. Not everything. But, like, you know, the vast majority of the decisions that he's made, I've agreed with and uh, I'm very happy with. So if he wants to build up the TV universe again, that's fine. Yeah. Agreed. I'm not... I'm just like... I'm always like wary of like, oh, this one person is going to be running things. But I will say that he's done a good job of just like, for what we can tell, uh, letting directors do what they want to do with their movies. So... Yeah, did you see that? Apparently the Infinity War like setups for all these shows are... They were not like put in there on purpose. Wait, what? There was some line item about how um, Marvel wants people to understand that, like, the Loki thing, it wasn't, the goal wasn't to set up a Loki television show. It's just that after Infinity War, they were like, what can we do if we want to do television? Oh, here are some opportunities based on what happens in Infinity War. 
Okay. I could appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes with what you're saying, that Feige still is giving people creative freedom. They just might have to, you know, get to a certain point or hit a few notes along Mm. the way. Hmm. So you've been very interested in this X-Men controversy. Can you please explain (laughs) to us what's happening? It is so great. Shout out to Nerdy D Sensei. You know, you got to pronounce it like Megan. D Stallion. Mm -hmm. uh, For alerting me to this news. Breaking. In the Discord. In the Discord. In the Discord. Link to the Discord (laughs) in the show notes. So, here we go. There is a lawsuit against Marvel claiming Claiming that they stole the iconic, iconic X-Men theme song from the animated series from a different show. Ooh. An Hungarian show Ooh. called Linda, which apparently was very popular. Oh. So the person who found out about its usage is running the estate of the composer who composed the song for Linda. And is alleging that, like, these... People like the Disney people and the and the Hungarian folks like would rub elbows with each other, and that's you know how it got stolen. So I I just you know I just want to play some music because we can because it's fair use because we're talking about it, we're commenting. Hmm. All right, so here is the original iconic iconic X Men opening theme. Look at that. Oh, the nostalgia. Why was Wolverine naked? Okay, that's enough of that. We can't play it too long or else we might get sued. Hmm. All right, so here is the original theme from Linda. The original, original video was taken off of YouTube for copyright, but we found another by one who? by, I don't know, someone who's wants their money. So oh, like, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, by Marvel? Did <laughs> you imagine? They're like, no, it was like from like a hug. It was like, this is, so I'm Got sure it. they took it down because people, like, they, Got it. the shit blew up. The money that they could have made, anyway. Might not be hearing it yet. Just, just give it a moment. That's enough of that. All right, what do you think? I think the human ability to make music is finite and that we will inevitably recreate things that already exist. Yeah. Actually, that argument comes up a lot because like, you know, in Western music, there's only a certain amount of notes and a certain amount of scales and a certain amount of combinations you could put them in. And then eventually we would circle around and make the same shit all over again. Which is That said, if there was (laughs) any way to prove that the composer of the X-Men theme was associated with in the company of or in any other way connected to Hungarians or this TV show 
then yeah, I would totally buy it. Yes, yeah, it was just ripped off. Uh, I don't know. I you know I was in the it was in the Discord was talking about it, and usually these cases are like a complete hit or a miss. It's like you either like yes, it's infringement, give us the money, or they're like y'all are wild, get the fuck out of the courtroom. And you know, I haven't actually this was this came out like a few weeks ago, and I haven't heard anything about it since. I think they're probably just going to end up settling. Well, yeah. They're not going to want a high-profile court case about an IP that just had a movie flop and is clearly going to be rebooted into the largest cinematic universe ever. Like, they don't want that. They don't yeah. want that smoke. They don't want the smoke. Um, I don't know. I <laughs> they're they're similar to me. They're definitely similar. They're enough. also different enough. Like, what kind of show was Linda? Was she a spy? I have no idea. Like, was this a housewife? It looks like a spy. Like, the cover of the thing looks spy-esque. Hmm. I don't know. Who knows? I should look that up. I have no idea. Um, I totally get it, though. Yeah. I wouldn't be... Oh, but here's the kicker. I'm so sorry. I forgot about the kicker. The person who's running the estate alleges that all of the success of the franchise is a result of the music. Oh, that's a stretch. He was like... This would have been nothing without this iconic theme song. You mean the franchise that existed for decades before the cartoon came out? Yeah, this person found out about the theme in, in 2017. 2017 and has not found out about the X-Men comic books at all. I What's interesting like, about what? that is that it undercuts your own art. You're saying that it's simultaneously a global phenomenon and that you weren't aware of its existence until two years ago? <laughs> I need to think about that. <sighs> that just doesn't hold water for me. I mean, we'll I see if it holds water in the court of Saturday law. Saturday morning cartoons to hear the theme song. The theme song was a bonus. Right. I didn't watch Game of Thrones for the theme song, but the theme song is amazing. Yeah. Ugh. I also watched Game of Thrones for a good, you know, well thought out. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Serious. It's dead. But... The horse is dead. <laughs> it was bad. We all are sorry about it. I'm just mad that they really w- went to a panel that somebody was live tweeting and was like, yeah, we just kind of <laughs> rode this horse until it fell off. The fell only off. person that can publicly complaining about this are Avril DuVernay and Ryan Coogler. They have been getting name checked a lot recently. Uh, Ryan Coogler especially. And I just feel some kind of way on his behalf. Uh, and this is when I would pop off. That's fair. Literally, not if I was the theme song, Co- like to be clear, not the theme song thing. The fact that the motherfuckers from Game of Thrones went onto a panel and basically said we didn't know what we were doing. Hey, we completely just went on a tangent, but I'm really fumingly angry about this. And like, if I was Ryan Coogler, I'd be like, "Look, Bob Iger is using my name to like call other people racist. Like, I've made it. Leave me alone." Yeah. <laughs> also, Martin Scorsese can sit the fuck down. I haven't gotten into this at all publicly. No. Because it's not worth it. A, it's not worth it. B, when Bob Iger said the thing about Ryan Coogler, I was like, it was a whole bunch of white people talking about racism. I'm like, this is exactly what needs to happen. Sure, like white people need to check other white people, but that doesn't mean I need to subject myself to this conversation specifically. Here's the thing. Marvel (laughs) movies are not cinematic masterpieces in the same way that perhaps some Martin Scorsese movies are cinematic masterpieces. Some. I don't understand this need for directors who... Nobody was checking for at the moment. Here's the thing. Like, 
<laughs> you're still going to get nominated for an Oscar for the next thing you do. It has no impact on your life. Exactly. Is Are, are you really trying to say that superhero movies are taking money out of Martin Scorsese's pocket? <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Give let me, me a fucking Let break. me enjoy some shit, man. I mean, Marvel movies are flawed as fuck. Why don't you go make but, a superhero movie then? Ooh. Like, create some original superhero content. Do it. I'd love to see it. Didn't one of them backtrack what they said, too? Yes. I just... You hate to see it. Every single popular genre has been maligned like this for forever. Like, it's just what people do. Agreed. And it's, I think, coming from a a place of complete and total snobbery. Mm -hmm. Like... Oh, you're highbrow and this is lowbrow. Well, mm-hmm. the lowbrow shit is the highest grossing thing of all time. So fuck you. Agreed. I will also say though that that James Gunn Instagram tweet was hella corny and could have left that one in the drafts. At the end of the day, you're all contributing to capitalist empire. So like, <laughs> so who's really winning? And we're all complicit. The corporations. I don't know. I don't fucking know. All right. Uh, well, speaking about Bob Iger and his empire, the Skywalker Empire is getting its latest installment in a film. The final installment in the main saga. In the main saga, because now there's a fuck ton of spinoffs. I'm not watching this trailer. Really? I want to be surprised. I'm not enough of a Star Wars lore nerd to understand all the spoilers. Apparently, there were some heavy spoilery images in the trailer, (laughs) but I didn't fucking notice. Oh. I was just like, ah, the whole time. I think I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to just not, I'm going to skip this one. That's fair. I'm very excited. I won't be seeing any more trailers for it. I'm officially on media blackout for Star Wars. So, So it's so easy. I just realized, I'm like, oh, I didn't really see shit about shit. And I was like, oh, I haven't been on Twitter or Instagram. That's why. It's great. Oh, it's beautiful. Must be wonderful. It is. Uh, well, what are your thoughts about the trailer besides ah? Um, I don't, I don't have any other than ah. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I think it's gonna be great. I mm-hmm. liked the last one. Okay. Um, I'm in the minority there. Amongst big time. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Big time. Mm. Whatever. I. I'm enjoying what they're doing with it, and I'm excited to see what happens. I'm not a ride or die Star Wars person in that way, and so like my level of caring is not very high. Mm-hmm. It was the reaction that I had to the Birds of Prey trailer, okay. which looks great. Although I'm- the Rise of Skywalker trailer looks much better than the Birds of Prey trailer. Yes, but that's you mean Birds of Feminism. <sighs> um. So yeah. <laughs> I'm here I, for it. I don't have, I don't really don't have much to add. I think Ray is going to um, be evil. I'm so sorry for that. I think they're pulling like a, like a, oh, we're going to join together and it's not going to be the light versus the dark anymore. It's not going to be the dark side of the force and versus the light side of the force. It's going to be harmonious. And just get Palpatine stuff. out of here or whatever. Who fucking knows? I have no idea. I'm in for a wild ride and I'm excited. Okay. When's it, it coming out? Be a wild ride, Christmas, sometime in December, right? Yeah, sometime. I don't. I don't fucking know. All right. Well, I can't wait to go to Alamo Draft House and get a Star Wars themed cocktail and artisanal popcorn. This is the second time you made that joke mm-hmm. in the same episode. Yeah, Just it's my point that out. running joke about Alamo Draft House. I don't understand why. I don't get it. I because mean, that's the point of Alamo Draft House. You go there when you don't want to be annoyed by people 
being in your seat that was assigned to you and you don't have to yell about it and let the whole theater know as the movie is starting that the other person's in the wrong seat. Yes, we had some drama when we went to go see Joker. And you can get specially themed cocktails and everyone has to be fucking quiet the whole time. It's great. Yeah, the person that was snoring (sighs) during the climax of Joker probably would have gotten kicked out. I could not. The the air that moves when everyone shot their heads (laughs) to the right to see who was snoring. It wasn't that boring for you to fall asleep during it. It could have powered a city for a week. Like, I felt it. Well, so, I guess that's... <laughs> I guess we're talking about the Joker. Ah, yes. Um, we went to see it finally. I do not understand why there was a moral panic about this movie. I guess this is a spoiler. Should we spoiler? I mean, I feel like... We should spoiler. We should spoiler just alert in case. it. Just in case. But it's been out long enough where, like, you know, I put, like, one horn instead of five. Okay. Okay. This has been your warning. I just feel like the mess that was created about it was like so unnecessary and completely the opposite of what this film was about. I'm almost convinced that the that the controversy around it was purely a marketing vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like we're just going to cynically try to drive up ticket sales by piquing your curiosity about what this could be. Um, I don't know. It's just weird because it... Uh, it had to have just have come from Warner Brothers because, like, Todd was, like, not about it. Joaquin was like, I'm not even answering these questions. So, like... Mm, that's not, <sighs> the director, like, made some anti-quote-unquote SJW remarks. Oh, he did? Um, mm. yeah, I don't fucking care. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. The movie thought it was doing something, and it wasn't doing that. <laughs> no. The people watching the movie think it was doing something that it wasn't was it? doing either. <laughs> what a succinct way to describe what was going on in this film. Couldn't have put it in better words myself. So, Joker is just an origin story for the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a really shitty life. A lot of people are treating him really poorly. And... Kind of accidentally, he ends up, uh, I wouldn't even say taking revenge, acting in self-defense, really, um, in terms of the subway situation. Mm -hmm. And then it moves into uh, everyone kind of putting onto his actions a lot of intent that wasn't there, much like what happened in real life. And Hmm. so... Hmm. How meta. He then... I think starts to internalize the reaction that he caused and then turns into someone who is simply not going to allow you to treat him poorly and he's going to fucking kill you if you do. Yeah, he was not with the shits uh, in the second half of the movie. I loved how they portrayed his mental illness because at no point did they blame the mental illness for what he was doing. And in fact, I think that prior to losing his therapist, he had remained somewhat in control of how fucked up everything was. Mm. Hmm. I I agree with that statement, but I feel like the scene where at the end where he shoots Murray 
where he's like, this is what happens when you fuck with someone who has mental illness, like, ruins that. They almost did it. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot that he includes the mental illness. It, like, came so close. That was the thing about this movie. A lot of things came so close to me. I'm like, oh, you almost you almost had something to say about class. You almost had something to say about mental illness. You almost had something to say about literally anything. Because that's, like, the the thing that a lot of news media likes to do is say that, oh, this person is absolved because they're just crazy. Like, they have a mental illness, and so therefore, you know, that explains X, Y, Z about them. And frankly, that's just, you know, it's not real. A lot of people with actual mental illness will tell you that they, you know, still have to be responsible for their actions, and it's not an excuse to do things like going and shooting up a school, for instance. Um, And so, and then also, just to to interrupt for a moment, that... People with mental illness and are also violent is such a small, small, teeny tiny minority. Right. The vast majority of people with mental illness are not violent. If they were all violent, um, I think our society would have a lot of problems seeing as how many of us are mentally ill. Yeah. And like, it's more common for violence to happen to them, not to be the the perpetrator of violence. So the film... I think goes nine tenths of the way there because they explained how violence was, you know, visited upon him right. at first. Um, and I think really, again, for the most part, do a good job of explaining that. The same thing with class. They are making valuable and legitimate commentaries on class and how class politics works, but stop short of actually doing anything with that other than inciting like fear. Mm -hmm. And it's a very respectable kind of fear. Like Hmm. the newspaper headlines are eat the rich, like at the end of the movie (laughs) and whether or not it's a hallucination is beside the point. Um, The fact of the matter is I think you're supposed to walk away not 100% feeling okay with that. And why is that? Like, all of the grievances are real. All of the concerns are legitimate. Mm -hmm. So why isn't that the solution? Why isn't the solution to get rid of rich people? Uh, I think what the film was trying to do was the means of which they were doing it. Because, like, basically trying to say... We understand that it's fucked up, but please don't murder us. Yeah. But then also, like, all the protesting was kind of like... <laughs> it's interesting that a lot... That it sort of, like... It was, like, spun out of... Out of that incident on the subway and what transpired on the subway was completely different than, like, what the protests stood for. Right. It was interesting how, like, he went on the talk show and was like, no, this whole thing is, like, not political. It's interesting. I think the fact that he could, like... He was able to, like, use the protests... To escape away, to escape from those detectives, but like not actively engaged in any of it. Um, and I think that was just the problem with the movies that it really set up a lot of really interesting things, but none of it came to any like useful conclusion. Like to any useful conclusion. And like I don't know if I like need movies to spell out shit for me. I don't need like the heavy-handed Nolan like here's the ending three times so you know exactly what happened. But like I don't know. I would prefer if like I came out. F- feeling something instead of just being like, oh, here's this sort of like, all right, this is what the world is like. There was no commentary. There was no class commentary. It was just a 
presentation of class conflict. Yeah. Like here is a riot in the street and people are mad at rich people. There's no further context to why masses of folks are out in the streets or what might have prompted some of the issues that yeah. those people have had. There's a throwaway line about how Thomas Wayne compared everyone who's unsuccessful in life to the clown on the subway because mm-hmm. of the subway killings. And I guess in a Donald Trump deplorables kind of way, mm-hmm. that's what they were trying to say was that people, oh, if, if he's a clown, then I am a clown. And so, cool, we're just going to celebrate the murder of these three guys. Like, that's the part that doesn't quite make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because none of the feedback in the movie that's positive about those murders is real. Because none of the Zazie Beats scenes, other than the first and last one, are real. Right. So no one's actually confirming to anyone in the audience that the protesters are okay with or in support of the violence. Right. They're merely upset about this billionaire saying that because they're not successful, they're clowns. And so fuck you, we're going to protest on the street. But like, to what end? What is the connection to the Joker? Is there really hero worship going on here? Because this whole sequence at the end happens where he's essentially Jesusified. Um, <laughs> and I don't think there's any evidence that that was real. Yeah, I, I think that very well could have happened in his head. Yeah. I, you know, when we when we left the theater, I I I still think this. I think that this was probably the most interesting thing that someone has done with a superhero comic book property. I would be interested in seeing more of these like sort of unconnected character studies uh, like it. And I think to your point, and I think to a lot of people's point that like, we don't know what parts of the story are true, which ones are false. I think a cool like sequel would just be like, give us another origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what matches up and what doesn't like that. I, I would just like, just, just for the ride of it. Cause it was a fun ride. Yeah. It was a, it was a fantastic movie. I think it was definitely Oscar bait in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. Oh wait, I'm so sorry. The stairs. Uh, arguably the worst scene in the whole movie. I didn't get it. Like, what was the point? I'm actually concerned that there are people who are, like, going there. (laughs) As if it's, like, some kind of pilgrimage or something. I just, like, it was literally two seconds. Uh, The music very awkwardly transitioned from the thing he was listening to to, you know, the scoring. I just was like, this is what everyone's been freaking out about. I'm very confused. This is a scene that happens after he commits a cold-blooded murder. Yes. He dresses up as the Joker for the first time, and he dances on some stairs. Um, If you are, like, moved to action by that, if you are buying a bus or train or plane ticket to go to New York City to take pictures on the stairs. 
I have a lot of questions and concerns. <laughs> I'm, I just, I am more confused after seeing the movie. I really, I was like, oh, these stairs are going to mean something. Right. Something is going to happen on these stairs. This scene is going to be the scene, man. No. And uh, it was not. One other thing that I want to talk about just thematically is the role of black people. Um, yeah. Contrary to what I expected going in, this is not a movie about race. This is not a movie about class, really. This is not a movie about anything other than the Joker becoming the Joker, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I find it interesting that Black people were put in positions of middle management throughout the film. Mm -hmm. They were never the people making the decisions and therefore were never the direct um, victims of his ire or violence, Mm -hmm. at least until the very, very end. Um, But they also, in a lot of cases, were kind of like these unfeeling um, bureaucrats almost who were kind of there as gatekeepers in a lot of ways. So he doesn't, necessarily blame them for the bad news that they kind of have to communicate to him. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it was interesting that every single time a situation like that came up and involved a black person, like when he gets fired, it's a white guy and that person's making the decision and enforcing it directly to his face. Right. Thomas Wayne makes a decision and enforces it directly to his face. Um, Murray is making a decision to make fun of him on his TV show and reinforces it to his face. Mm -hmm. None of the black people had agency over the bad news that they had to give him, but they were all, I don't know. I think you were supposed to be concerned for their safety every time they were on screen. I mean, I'm always concerned for the safety of a fictional black character. I mean, that's true. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought it was, um, Weird that we saw so many initial think pieces about like the role of black women. And I don't know. It just, it, I don't think that there was any real underlying commentary there. I just think that the, he just interacted with a lot of black people. Yeah, because he was poor. I agree. I don't think this movie was about race explicitly, like in the same way that most movies aren't about race because white people don't give a fuck about talking about race. There were a lot of black people that he was interacting with because, you know, joke is poor. A lot of black people are poor. Majority of black people are poor. So it like it actually was an honest depiction. It made sense. But I don't think there's any like critical race theory to dig into on this one. I agree. Much Um, in the same way, like Black Panther, too. Like, I was just. I would like to revisit this conversation, though, once you finish Watchmen, and maybe this can be Mm. the motivation for doing that, because that's what Watchmen is. Watchmen is a deconstruction and critique of the superhero genre with real-world decisions, consequences, and ethical and moral complications. Mm. So I'm curious what you think about it in the context of Watchmen, because Watchmen, I think, addresses a lot of the things that you're talking about. Watchmen is also not about race, not about class, not about gender necessarily, but it says something about all of those things. 
Mm. Even though it's not about them. I would argue that the Joker says something about these topics, but it's not forceful and it's not in any way what you would expect just hearing about the movie from like the news. Right. So. One last thing. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner <sighs> is a piece of shit. A piece of shit. <laughs> it's not funny. Um, this is a ride. Um, a very violent one. We can link to <laughs> the accusations. Yeah. I think it could potentially be triggering to discuss in detail everything. Suffice to say, Jeremy Renner is not a very good person, um, has not treated people in his life very well. And of course, that is probably going to have an impact on the phase four schedule for the MCU. Here's the thing. All this stuff came out about him. And then I think a a spokesperson was like, this is all one-sided. But from what I can tell, at no point was anybody like, this is false. Yeah, I think the defense for him is going to be she was doing stuff to me too. Um, Which is not a defense. It's not a defense. The fact of the matter is the accusations are based on leaked court documents. Right. So it's not like um, this is a he said, she said situation or anything like that. Um, Bottom line, though, it's far worse than anything that James Gunn did. And James Gunn got kicked off of his Guardians project. Right. He got brought back. But if they're willing to fire a director for something like this, how can they move forward with Hawkeye and not, I I don't, why not just make it a Kate Bishop show and abandon all the Hawkeye stuff? I don't know. Do we need Hawkeye? I mean, like, I know that in canon, Hawkeye trains his successor, which is what the show is going to be about, ostensibly. Um, Should have been him. Should have been back without training her. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, I think his uh, role has been played. (laughs) Like, you know, we can we can just have him retire with his family, and and that's the last of Jeremy Renner. I'd be perfectly fine with that, to be honest. This is a lot. It's just a lot. I feel like I don't even know. I just don't know. Yeah, I think Disney needs to do something. Um, it's it's been a while, it, not a while, but like it's been at least a week since we've known. So, kind of confused <laughs> as to why we haven't heard anything. But the rumor mill is saying that they're considering their options and stuff. So, mm. I, I think we'll find out soon. All right. Anyway, um, I think you should, should I play some music. You don't like it? Ooh, I just stepped on your line. I'm so sorry. Should I sing it? Play some music. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do.
What have we been playing? Um, let's get through the stuff that we have been playing and we've been talking about. Okay. We're still playing Destiny 2. Read. He's still playing Destiny 2. I've been you playing. You have been playing occasionally. I've been playing occasionally. It's not. I'm definitely not going to get through the season pass. Yeah, I've already maxed out my um, season pass. Wow. The duality of man. <laughs> of guardian. Hmm. Is it Guardians? Yeah. But yeah, I've been uh, I, I've been working on some pinnacle weapons that I hadn't gotten in yes. prior seasons, and it's just grinding it out. Quite exhausting. I love it. It's oh. so good. The game is in such a good place right now. I'm so happy. Oh, we still are going to bring you the bonus episode that also got delayed because I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it'll come soon. We'll we'll deep dive into Destiny too. It's just wild because like you yell a lot at the TV. I'm like, oh, things must be going not well and then you come here and you're like I'm having a great time I'm like, oh. well I've had some frustrating losses in the crucible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. haven't and, we all and that's you know sometimes you yell <laughs> <laughs> right um, we've also been playing Apex the new mode that came out what are your I it was cute because here's the fun thing about the sort of the solo modes is it's a lot of flailing was what I'll consider it for me. Uh, a lot of yelling, um, especially when there's spiders and zombies that come out of the crates. Yeah. It's not... They're just popping out. It's cute. We were talking a lot about this mode and the incentives to, like, play it is were interesting. What, are you, what? Give me some thoughts. Give me some thoughts. Um, Actually, we should explain what the game mode is. Look at this. So, in the lead. Shadowfall is the Halloween game mode for Apex. I think we like kind of talked about it. Maybe, maybe it was all IRL conversations, and I'm completely. I don't remember. Who knows? You are solo again, so yes. you do a solo queue. There's only like 35, I think, people mm-hmm. on the map. It is a nighttime version of the original map. It's very there spooky. Are you know, spiders and zombies and things like that that can pop out of places and scare you. And, and you know, it's a, it's a roaring good time. <laughs> when you kill someone, they don't die. And, like, that's the end of the game. Like, in the previous solo mode, which was just a solo version of the free-for-all uh, battle royale mode. Right. You respawn as, like, a zombie creature. Yes. Um, and you a shadow basically descend onto the map in the same way that you do in the beginning of the game. Um, and your goal is to kill all of the remaining remaining legends. And then when there are only 10 legends left, they stop fighting each other and they can work as a team because they then need to evacuate the map. So there's going to be a landing zone placed on the map where they're going to be evacuated via a shuttle. And as long as you get into the circle where the evacuation is taking place, then you're safe. And as long as one legend makes it, the legends win. If no legends make it, the shadows win, uh, and the shadows move much faster, and they can two-swipe kill, like, with their claws, whereas the legends uh, can pretty much two-tap the shadows. Like, they don't have a lot of health. Yeah. So it's, you know, balanced in that way. It's a lot of fun. I would say it's more fun on Xbox than on PC. Um, Oh, why? Well, apparently a lot of... PC people are just leaving as soon as they become shadows. Uh, and well, it seems to be happening less on console. 
Interesting. I think it's like fun, but there was something about like, I don't remember if we were talking about this or like uh, one of the streamers that you watched brought this up. But like if, I guess Apex has a problem with challenges, I think overall, because if you're like, you know, playing it all the time, you don't need them to progress. But if you're like me, I'm like an okay Apex player and I like need the challenges to like get up in the battle pass that I foolishly paid for in advance, despite having a work schedule that is a literal moving target. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I need the challenges. I need to get the challenges I need to play with. So, like, if I'm in Shadow Fall, that's a Shadow Keep. (laughs) (laughs) For playing Shadow Fall and all of my, like, challenges for the day have to do with winning as a legend, then, like... You have no incentive to play as a Shadow. Yeah. I want to... Well, I'm not going to dip because I'm an honest gamer. But I could see why people would dip. Right. You know? And then vice versa. There are right. people who, you know, they need to get a certain number of kills as a shadow. And so they, so just, <laughs> they literally just dive off the map. Like they they launch from the ship and instead of landing on the map like normal, they just land off the map, they die, and they are immediately reborn um as a shadow. That's so funny. it kind of like messes up the game. I wouldn't even do that. I would bit. just like that's smart, because I would just like do a hot drop and just get shot right away. Mm. <laughs> If someone found a quick way to do it, that's funny. So yeah, it's it's fun, but um, I think in general, what you're saying is uh, an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some rumble about with that with Destiny too, where some of the challenges involve melee kills on a certain type of enemy and a certain type of activity, mm-hmm. and it's a match made activity. You can't just solo into it. And so, if the other two teammates are trying to do the same thing, you're sharing a limited number of potential uh, targets yeah, amongst yeah, yeah. three people who are all trying to get the final kill with a melee. And, you know, there may be someone in there who's already done that step. And so they're right. just shooting low health enemies. You're and, like, get out of my way. I need to punch them. Right. It, it, it causes issues when you set challenges that interfere with other people's gameplay. Right. And Apex mm. is just really, like, notorious at this point for putting some challenges in there that alter the way that the game is played, even though it's not, like, inherently the game mode's fault. Yeah, it's not like a, I don't know. It's not like necessarily a bad change because like not all of them are bad changes. It's just like you have to do 350 damages lifeline. That'll, you know, change the dynamic of your team. And like if you're playing like with people, then you probably do it very quickly. Um, But if you're playing with like random people, you probably won't. There's like a good chance you can't. So like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a catch-22. It is a catch-22. You know. um, I have no suggestions on how to make it better. That is part of why I'm digging Destiny so much right now, though, is that they're essentially allowing it to be a a la carte style progress. Mm. Pretty much whatever I want to do, I can, you know, buy my way into getting rewards for doing that. Right. Well, yeah, because you have, like, all the bounties that are, like, the major way to level up, and you can literally do... Pretty much whatever you want. And mix and match and, you know, find yeah. the combinations. And, and now know. there's an infinite number of bounties every day. There used to be a finite number. Oh, that's right. But you now you can random. buy extra bounties. Hmm. So if you're just in a crucible mood, that's all you're going to do. But you still want to get some progress done in your season pass. You know, the game will give you a certain number of bounties every day. That's like a curated list or it's not curated. But 
you know, then you can just buy, if you need 10 and you can only get five, right. then you can just buy your way into five more and then you don't have to wait another day to get something done. Hmm. So anyway, we have been playing some new stuff. We have, finally. I know y'all have been waiting. I was like, when are these two going <laughs> to stop talking about Destiny and Apex? Two uh, console games and uh, a whole hell of a lot of mobile games. Yes. Um, first up, I'll talk about Secret Neighbor. It is an asymmetrical horror-ish game, kind of in the vein of Dead by Daylight or Friday the 13th or even Evolve, if you uh, were ever into that. So a quick recap, there are uh, six people playing this game. Mm -hmm. Five of them are on one team, and they are, you know, relatively powered, but they're not overpowered. And then one person is on their own team, and they are overpowered. You don't know out of your group of six who is going to end up being this overpowered character and who is just a regular person. Right. Um, so part of the game and part of the fun is being in a group of six and trying to determine who is who. Right. So uh, in Secret Neighbor, you are investigating your neighbor's house. He's like the creepy neighbor in the neighborhood. <laughs> One of your friends went missing, and you think that the neighbor had something to do with it. So you're essentially at his house trying to find keys to unlock his basement. Um it has this really interesting mechanic where when one of the kids gets killed by the neighbor, <laughs> it says missing. It doesn't say like you're dead well, or anything like that. Well, because it's like it's E10. It's an E10 yeah, rating. yeah, yeah. It's like and it does, he doesn't like kill. It's like he turns him into like a puppet. Yeah, it's some, not. It's not it's, really killing. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's it's very fun. I I didn't play like Friday the Thirteenth or anything like that because the thought of being hunted down by a literal serial killer is just a little too much. It's a lot for me. It's a lot, but the cartoonishness of this was appealing, and so each of the there's like a bunch of different kids that you can be, um, more than five I think, uh, and. They all do different things. So like one of them fires a slingshot and one of them has a big backpack and so they can carry more stuff. And one of them is always going to know where there's a key. And one of them can actually fight back against the neighbor. For the most part, you kind of just need to run away if you're any of the kids. But anyway, it's it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing it. I didn't play it for too long, um, but I was just getting the hang of it. I really want to find a group of people that I know I was playing with my little brother and his friends, and they were having a lot of fun. I think because I didn't know them, um, I wasn't having as much fun because they were like, who is it? You know, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm not doing a good job describing it, but if you're I into that kind so. of thing, um, I would definitely check out Secret Neighbor. It's free on Game Pass, so no Ooh. excuses if you have an Xbox and you have Game Pass. Uh, otherwise, I think it's it's not expensive. It's like a $20 kind of game. Word. It's cute. I'm a, I'll, I'll download it. It's a very yeah. small file. Secondly, uh, we've both been playing The Outer Worlds. Yes, game of a generation. Really? And I'm kidding. Uh, it is getting high praise, though. That is not a joke. So, yeah, these are the folks that did the original Fallout, Fallout 2, and Fallout New Vegas, I believe. Yeah, and they are currently laughing at the clusterfuck yeah. that is now Bethesda. Right. So Bethesda basically took over Fallout and, you know, kind of shit the bed with it. People, I mean, people like Fallout 3, people like Fallout 4, but it's just not, it's not the reverence that people give, like, mm -hmm. Fallout 2 and, and New Vegas. So this is basically 
the spiritual successor. It takes place in space. It is a very interesting commentary on capitalism. I don't know if it's a critique yet of <laughs> capitalism. I is haven't that the gotten, theme for today? Yeah, I haven't gotten very far into it. Um, I don't love the gameplay of it. I don't really? love the full RPG stuff. Mm, yeah, and you so, never were a fan of that. You like your RPGs, like you like a diet RPG. Yeah. Light so RPG. I'm gonna play it because I think that the the class aspect of it is very interesting and I wanna see what the storyline is. Mm-hmm. If it gets to the point where I'm just not enjoying playing it, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch someone play it. That's fair. I would love it if someone would do like a leftist YouTube playthrough of it mm. like include some commentary kind of like the do not eat city skylines guy that i just found who does leftist like lessons in urban planning using city skylines it's a lot it's so good but it's so, so good. palatable you know i'm always like uh the leftists with their terms i don't know anything about socialism but this guy makes it he makes it easy yeah. Anyway, I haven't gotten too far into it, so I'm not going to, you know, talk too much about it, but I will continue playing it. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, I think it's cute. I never really got into Fallout like that, like ever. Like not two, not three, not New Vegas. Certainly Same. not. You so, have so much bleeping to do. I know. I have a lot of bleeping to and do. And you I'm can't gonna, do like the Sam Cooking Guy thing where they don't they, he bleep forget, yeah, he, yeah. yeah, I'm going to forget when I know it. I know it. Um, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that reality um i it's fun i'm i love the music i love i like the gameplay it's fun to me um i do like the rpg elements i don't it's definitely not rpg light but it's also one of them like it's not monster hunter rpg where you're just like literally picking every little minutia thing piece it's like a little bit more like grouped and then i think once you're at a high enough level you can start getting into like the nitty-gritty details um, I was thinking the exact same thing when I was playing it. I was in my inventory and I was like, oh, thank God. This is not as complicated as Monster yeah. Hunter. Yeah, no. I mean, at first glance, you're like, oh, there's a lot of menus, but it's not Monster Hunter menus. <laughs> um, but I'm enjoying it so far. I, I do feel like playing, because like every game is a light RPG, right? And Nowadays. we so well, yeah. I don't want to say spoil. We get into I'm like, oh. It doesn't really matter what decisions I make. This is all going to be the same outcome. Who cares? And then when you actually play a regular RPG, you're like, oh, I have to make actual decisions and there will be actual consequences that will change the outcome of this game. And it's stressful. I have anxiety. The very first decision in the game, um, I won't spoil, but I was like, oh, I know what I want to do, but if I do that, is it going to create a scenario down the road that I don't want to deal with? And I stopped myself from Mm. looking up what I should do, (laughs) because that's like my thing in in some of these RPG games. I'm like, what should I do? I don't want to make a decision. It's like adulthood. Not because I don't want to make a decision. (laughs) For me, it's a little different. It's more that I don't want to make the wrong decision in terms of what the end outcome is. Mm. Like we never did our full like recap of the Mass Effect series since I finished it. That's right. Go back to that. But I was asking a lot of questions. Because you I were. wanted to make sure that I didn't, you know, ac- <laughs> accidentally doom an entire race to genocide. Like I was like, you well, tricked me into doing. You know, at the so. end, end. 
Yeah. All that matters is the color of the cinematic. So, you know. <laughs> True. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Um, I am falling into the the side mission trap, so that's fine. I'm not, like, just getting through the story at all. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid that. I'm also playing Forza, and I finally got the Lego McLaren. So, Oh, good for you. Yeah. I thought that was the last thing you have to get, but there's, like, more thing you can, like, add to your Lego house, and I'm kind of, like, done with it and want to play regular Forza again. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, all right, I guess we should have to get into these Apple Arcade games. Finish Neocab. What a ride. Pun intended. Hmm. Um, if you missed our last episode where we sat down with Opfusk, the composer of Neocab, you should go listen to it right now. Yes. It's good. Um, I really, I enjoyed it. It's like the first, it really is one of the first uh, games like this or like a first mobile game where I was like, oh, I just can't put this thing down. Right. I kept, I needed to know what was happening. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I think this game did not just, was not just a commentary of no, capitalism. This game no. was clearly a critique. Yes. Um, in ways, I actually want to have like a longer conversation about this one, just because it, I think it is so good. And I cannot fully articulate what that difference is in like a very succinct way right now. So, um, so yeah. So I'm just going to keep going down this list. Go ahead. Assemble by us two games. Let your people unionize. Um, <laughs> it was, it was cute. I actually like it. It's a nice, like, chill puzzle game. Yours, this person, this woman, who is coming back from I think school uh, to hang out in the town that she grew up in. Uh, you're just fixing shit and like learning about the residents of the town along the way. And poof, do they have drama? They have drama. Hmm. But it's very cute. Uh, like, you know, I think a lot of what these uh, Apple Arcade games are really doing really well is just like vibes. They're just like hitting yeah. their specific vibe so well. And I hate <sighs> that we use the word vibe so much now. But one of the things are. that I've noticed in playing them is that they seem like the kinds of concepts that could potentially be big AAA titles, but they actually make more sense as short. Yeah. And yeah. because they're shorter, this is probably just a better way to get it across. Yeah. Like, Assemble could very easily just be on the Switch. Right. And NeoCab is, is on the coming out on the Switch and a bunch of other platforms. Like, these are not games that should be confined to the phone, but I understand why they're primarily mobile. Yeah. And it it's forcing me to think about the genre differently. Yeah. It is. It is. Um... But yeah, back to Assemble, it's it's great. I love it. I love the puzzles. It also fully encapsulates the frustration of thinking you finished with something and you put the screws back in only to realize that you did not and you have to unscrew the thing all over again. Kind of like you putting your office together. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. A lot of screws, a lot of things that I fucked up. Still trying to put this fucking PC together. Hmm. It's not working the way I needed to. It's great. I love it. Um, skate City. Cute. You just, you skate around. It's like a, it's like a, I guess a platformer, I guess is the word I would use to describe it. So you're just like skating in a linear fashion and you just, you know, swipe here and there and swipe around to do little tricks and shit. Very vibey music. Very much vibes. Uh, and the look, you know, all of that. It's I'm cute. I'm going to ban the word vibe. 
<laughs> we, I'm not bleeping the word vibe because it's that's even more than Fallout. It's cute. I like it. A lot of these games are like have been very much like, oh, this is like something nice to play on the subway instead of listening to another podcast about sadness and mattress ads. <laughs> very so. much, very much that. Yeah, it's broken up my subway monotony quite a bit. Yeah. Um, say Nora. It's called a, a pop album video game from the same makers of Donut County, which is another great mobile game. I love Donut County. Have you played Donut County? No. You, you just like, it's about like donuts and like you just make this, this hole in it and you just have to like suck everything in the hole. It's like that, the same concept of like that game where you like circle, you're like a big sphere and you just like roll over everything. You make a bigger sphere. Oh, okay. It's just destruction. I love it. Um, and drama. Um, but it's cute. It's, so you, it's like a... Um, so Sainara is all like about music. So it's kind of like Guitar Hero-ish. And like platformer-ish. of this one. Yeah, so you just have to like tilt your phone around yeah. to like pick up the little pieces. Definitely like a completest like nightmare because like you can very easily just like skip something. You don't get gold rank and you're like, oh my God, I have to go back. But the music is like popping so you don't mind it. Yeah, everything is in tune with the music, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timing and all that kind of stuff. Very bright. A, a pop album video game is a perfect way to describe what it is. It's cute. I like it. I'm limiting myself to only a certain number, like one drawer of Apple Arcade games at a time. <laughs> so the next time I have a slot opening up, Sainora is next. It's fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, And then the last one that I played was Tawaga Among Shadows. Definitely, uh, I don't know about this one. It's... Mm, it's a, like a simple point-and-shoot type of game. You know, your character kind of like stays stationary in the middle of the screen usually. And you have like the rest of the screen to just like put out these beams of light to, to cleanse the shadows or spirits or whatever the fuck. Um, it's cute. It's definitely like one of the more mobile, quote-unquote, of the games that I played. It's fine. Yeah, I there were a few that I felt that way about that I didn't even put on the list. Mm-hmm. There was like a spy game that was kind of a puzzle game and it was really short. It was like, 12 level. I literally beat it in one subway ride. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't even remember the name of it. It was just, just too fast. Okay. Um, okay. And there were a few that I started and didn't love. Um, and so I didn't really play it. Like I downloaded hot lava. I played the introduction mission to that. I thought the concept was really cool. Yeah. Like the world building was <laughs> phenomenal for a mobile game. Yeah. But the controls I am not a young millennial and I am not in Gen Z. And so there are certain things that I just can't do. And I recognize that I can't do it. And apparently this style of mobile control is not something that I can do. Yeah, you're like a little, I don't want to give away. It is actually fascinating. It is very fascinating. So if you can get good at it. Yeah. It's probably a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a so it's a it's a 3D platform. I won't like give away the story details because I think the reveal is actually kind of fun. Um it's 3D platformer and the concept is like the floor is lava. But the controls are like kind of so like you like flick to jump forward. Um you kind of like swipe side to side to move in the 3D space, or you can just like physically move the phone. Yeah, um, that's the thing, is that if you want to look to your right, you need to move your phone, like turn your phone yeah. to see the right. I mean, you could also use like the hold and 
it's why I don't play PUBG Mobile, why I don't mm-hmm. play Fortnite Mobile. Like those controls, I just can't do it. Right. But you could also just like pop this on the Apple TV and you take out the extra. Yeah. Take out the, whatever controller you want and play it. I think also you can use the phone more like a regular controller too, like in the remote. With the app. Apple TV? Yeah. Huh. It's like left, right, A, B, buttons and all that. So I'll have or, to check that know. out because the concept of the game is actually great. I just yes. couldn't physically play it. Yeah. Um, I also have been playing a lot of Patterned, which Ooh. is just a beautiful and very simple um, puzzle game. Mm-hmm. The studio is Border Leap, and I guess they got a bunch of artists to draw things that are patterned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to explain, but you know, you might do a a beach themed drawing and there's a bunch of palm trees and there's like beach blankets and stuff like that but they are done in such a way that you can take a square of it and then repeat it over and over again and and it just looks seamless Mm -hmm. again maybe i'm not doing a good job explaining all these but uh the point is hard they're in color yeah yeah, and then they go into black and white and you basically have to match some puzzle pieces that they give you with what you're seeing on the screen. But the difficulty is that because it's a pattern, you're not always sure which one is the right one. Uh, Okay. And if it's not a visual pattern, if it's not like a cityscape or a beach or something like that, if it's just, you know, flowers, it Mm -hmm. can be really tough to do. And they play like soothing music in the background and stuff. It's very nice. Is it a vibe? It's like an adult coloring book, almost. <laughs> an adult coloring book vibe. Okay. You sound a lot like Max <laughs> from the Are You the One reunion, where he's just screaming fraudulent over and over again. Wait, what? what? Oh, is this the um the YouTube one? We have to take this offline because I have so much to say. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of that, and there's just, it, it's like infinite. I don't think I'll ever finish it, so Ooh. it's just going to be a mainstay. It's like my new solitaire. Anytime wow, I, that's, I mean, Solitaire is iconic. Anytime that I had a 20-minute ride or something, I didn't want to get into anything too deep. Mm-hmm. I would just pull out Solitaire and you know, just play a few I rounds play of Solitaire. Solitaire in a minute. And now I can just do a pattern real quick. You so, ever play Solitaire with like regular cards and you start cheating? Absolutely not. I've never <laughs> once played Solitaire, Solitaire with a regular card. No. Oh my God, no. I used to, I would play with regular cards and then get mad that it wasn't like as easy to do on the computer when like you needed to reset. So I would just start cheating. Only on the computer. Interesting. Um, so I, interesting. I couldn't even tell you how to set up Solitaire. I definitely <laughs> forgot. Um, and then finally, <laughs> I'm playing a game by Finji called Overland. Um, it's like a zombie apocalypse <laughs> real-time strategy turn-based game. Oh. So you're a survivor of some plague. It's not literally zombies. They're like kind of aliens. Okay. Anyway, you have to solve puzzles in order to get your car through to the next area. Most of the puzzles involve filling up the car with gas. And Mm -hmm. so you can like take risks and you have companions and you can kind of gamble your companions' lives and things like that. Oh, how lovely. It's like how a real zombie alien apocalypse (laughs) would work. It's a real interesting um, thing. It's, It's a lot of depth for a mobile RTS kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fairly quick though, and I haven't had much of a challenge. Like it hasn't 
really taken much time for me to get through any particular level mm-hmm. and I've never failed. Um, not to say like, oh, I'm amazing. Just the difficulty is not that high. Right. Um, I don't know what that will look like in later parts of the game. Um, I think I'm only about a fourth of the way through right now, but that's kind of what I'm okay. mostly playing uh, on my subway rides until I get through. And, uh, you know, we'll see what's next. Great. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Um, I do want to bring up one thing about all of the games before we sign off for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this Verge piece that's more about that was more about like how the developers are using or can work with Apple for these arcade games. Um, and I guess speculated that like how they're getting paid is not based on engagement, just because like how they were talking about it. Yeah. So it's not official, but it sounds like I just wanted to make that point that like it probably is not or may not be based on engagement like the first um waypoint article that we talked about when we first talked about apple arcade well that well, was speculation too right that was also speculation so like no one fucking knows it wouldn't make sense for it to be via engagement yeah because like we said some of these games like assemble i'm it's fun i really enjoy it i'm only gonna play it once i might play it you know a year from now just for nostalgia or whatever but it's not like patterned as you know, you're describing it. It sounds like, you know, you're going to play that for forever. more time in pattern than in any of the other games, even NeoCab. But NeoCab is something that I would replay to make different decisions, to use different dialogue choices, to pick up different people. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas pattern is just like, there's so much content and it was probably a really low lift. Like once they have the algorithm to pull the pattern and like make the pieces and stuff like that, it's just feeding it new art. So. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a show, a long show. Very long show. We will be back again in a week. Yes. Um, with all the BlizzCon juice oh, and drama. God. There's also been a few news items that have come out, you know, right before our recording that we are gonna save to next week. So we'll still have a good show, a full show, um, and be on the lookout for our extra bonus content as soon as yeah. I can get the gang together to have that conversation we'll, we'll bring it to you I'm gonna spoiler alert our next episode I'm gonna be very angry during the nerddom segment just putting it out there okay I'm pissed hmm. y'all know we'll why to wait to see why <laughs> but I love y'all uh, shout out to everyone that's been joining the discord we love y'all especially link in the show notes link in the show notes shout out to all our international listeners I didn't know we have folks listening from outside of the United States, so that's dope. It is dope. Uh, And shout out to everyone who has rated and reviewed and shared any of our episodes with any of your gamer friends. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, We'll catch you back here in about a week. It's been real. Stay well. Get your flu shots if you're not immunocompromised. Get them. Deuces. Bye.